Hey everybody out there in podcast land, this is Severin and Ambrosia, and welcome back for episode two of the original Designated Drinkers. We had an episode one where we just got super into it and we figured it was too long to make one episode, so we came back to do a second one and just bless you with our presence for a little while longer. Um, Ambrosia, how are you today? I'm fantastic. I don't know why I said today. How are you in the same time that we're in right here? Um, golden. <laughs> I, I found some more Woodenville. Okay. Awesome. Exactly. I it. Yeah. So we're in the part two. Um, we, we don't need to go into it too, too much. You know who we are. You know what we're here to do. So, And with, if you haven't listened to episode one of this, part one, go back. Go back, listen to it, so you can kind of keep up with the conversation, know what we're talking about. We're into the service industry, the good, because it's all good, the bad, ain't nothing bad, but you punk-ass customers. <laughs> That's just me saying that, not not the service <laughs> people. That's a joke. You have to listen to part one to get that <laughs> to joke. To get the joke. So yeah. go back. But that's good just call back. good callback. Yeah, that's just to, to, to us not doing our jobs, how we're supposed to be doing us as customers. And what with that baby bit being said, let's get back let's into back the in. conversation. So we left off on uh, tipping. We talked about how tipping is just not something you do in a canoe. It's uh, <laughs> a horrible, I, I know I'm in water references. Um, we looked at what tipping actually is. We didn't talk about the consequences, which I would love to talk about. Um, but we also didn't talk about what, what tipping has actually created. And, and if you look at how tipping, people that remove tipping, restaurants that remove tipping, it doesn't work because it's so ingrained in our culture. It doesn't work? I didn't well, know let's, that. Let's, but let's talk about that for a second uh, because it's been suggested where I work by customers who have become more aware of things in the last couple of years that we should just take tipping away. I've suggested those same customers that would they be happy to pay $30 for their burger because... That's what it would cost and to take tipping away. Well, and from a service point of view, too, is that people aren't tipping, at least from a bar perspective where I came up, people aren't tipping round for round because everybody's on plastic now. So if you're, like, you don't know what people are tipping until the end. Whereas before, when before the switch happened to cash, uh, when, when it was cash, yeah. like, this person tipping me. So Offer the, the same person. lost. Offer the same service no matter what. Be polite to people no matter what, but be like, yo, like that person's taking care of me. So either buy them a shot or not serve them faster or with more aplomb, but actually like give them favorable treatment because that was the point. Whereas now it's the end of the experience where the tip is happening. The incentive has been lost. It's the incentive well, because we're professionals. We provide yeah. the same experience no matter well, what. This is getting into the classes thing that I touched on in the last episode. If Let's hear it. If you're drinking a high life and you're being a good person and you're drinking a 23-year-old weeded bourbon and being a good person, I'm going to treat you exactly the same. But what if I wasn't drinking a 23-year-old weeded bourbon? What if I was drinking cider? Or well, a high life. Just said, if he's drinking, yeah. uh, if he's drink, whether you're drinking lowbrow or highbrow. Treat everybody the same no matter what. You're going to get like, the same treatment. Assume nothing because you, you are don't gonna, know. I would say you were going to get better treatment from me if you were a nicer person. Mm -hmm. well, Actually, it's nice. not. the money is not... 
because you don't know. I mean, you just yeah. don't know. And if like not everybody can do that, but they want the same experience, they want the same service and doing that whole thing. And, and most bartenders don't go out and order an expensive whiskey after their shift, which was a lot of my crowd, I, a lot of late night people. I don't care what you, what you were doing or what your shift was like, but come in and be cool and you'll be treated as such. Please and thank you. Cool. What's what's hot today? Oh, you're you, high life in a fernet. Cool. Where do you work? Like that sort of thing. And just give them the same treatment no matter what. There's well, a reason they call it the bartender handshake. But you just summed up the question that you had of how is that classist? You said if you can. What do, what you, do you mean? I didn't say if that at all. If you can tip. No, I so didn't say that at all. Beyond. No, I didn't say that at all. I didn't say if you can tip. I'm like, you will get the same service no matter what, whether or not you're ordering a hundred dollar whiskey or a three dollar beer, because that's my job. But I would like to ask the question, like, if you can. What do you mean? I feel like, and you said this before, and on a podcast, if you can't afford to pay this much. You shouldn't even be going out. So, there's truth to that. If you can't afford, I, I didn't told my when we were going to Perkins in high school, they <laughs> would write down tip. Tip would come. I've been tipping literally my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I didn't know how toxic it was and how bad it was and where it came from. It's just what I was taught. Mm-hmm. Um, I was taken out as a youngster got the opportunity to eat at a lot of nice restaurants and I saw my uncle and my dad pay for everybody's meal and then add the tip on top of it I've seen him pay for the meal everybody just add the tip as whatever point is this is what I've been grown used to I had a buddy I took out we went to the restaurant and I said hey you gotta leave him a tip tip was only like ten dollars he was like he wrote on the receipt don't eat yellow snow as I mean, Frank Zappa, but not cool. Huh? <laughs> that's where, I didn't know where it came from. Literally, that's what he brought on the receipt. And I said, that is not cool. I said, these people, they that's how they make their money. So I ain't had no dough. <laughs> and I just gave him the rest of my little change that I had. Because I didn't know what, what like I said, I didn't know that tipping was so not what's up. But the point is, I'm still throwing in. That's That's it. Sure, but it's based on the end of the experience now because you have your tab open. I see what you're saying. Like that sort of thing where, where yeah. when I was coming up, and not to get like old man yells at cloud about it, but like we were getting, you know, tipped on every round cash. And, no, and you're that right. Was cool yeah, because I would drop because off a couple of dollars like, for every beer. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. and, 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 and a- like pay on that. Like there's no judgment. There was never any judgment across the bar. I don't care where you're coming from. Just be a good person. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And because we just housed that sort of culture. That's that's what we tried to do. We weren't classes. You could go and have a $250 pre-prohibition oh. bourbon. But at the same point, if you expect me to treat you differently because you're dropping your Amex card, your Amex Platinum on me, as opposed to the... the, the I've been there before, too. To be the same person that can only afford what's on special that night. Be like, no, I'm not going to do that. As long as the person's not a prick about it. And at the end of the day, my ultimate job as a bartender is to get everybody talking with each other, not me. Go ahead. Just really quick. 
Because I'm pointing out that the system is classist does not mean that I'm calling you classist. How is the system classist? The, Can you clarify that then? Robin, do you want to take it? I was just going to say that I think it's fair to say that dining out in general is a luxury. Yes. We, we are not. It, it made me angry during COVID that we get called essential workers <laughs> because we're not fucking essential. No, we're not. People can feed themselves at home. Yep. People, uh, and in, to varying degrees with whatever level, but we're not essential. What I do for a living is push a luxury item. I serve people food that costs them more than it would cost them to make at home. I give people drinks that would cost them more than it would cost them to buy the bottles and sit at home on the couch. I'm not devaluing what I do for a living because I do love it, mm -hmm. but we're not essential. And restaurants, by their very nature, are classist. Now, there's historically, they weren't necessarily started that way. There's a working man's concept behind it especially in Europe. However, what we do for a living is provide a luxury item. I feel like you are essential because... I don't know if that's what because, where you were trying to get. Because you're saying that people can sit on the couch and do what, they, do what they do. I feel like if you can read, you should be able to cook. But that is not true. And a lot of people really depend on people bringing them or them ordering and picking up food. People literally eat fast food every day of the week. Which it's not there. What's up? But it's very true. But that, but that gets into a further conversation about food oasis, about accessibility to food and the way that we, as a society, handle going out to eat. Are you just writing down things for a future podcast right now? Because that's where we're going. Like we're, That's like a whole other... I, I just, we can go down that avenue. We can I, go down that rabbit hole. I, but, but I just mean that I'm not calling you classist for anything. I'm saying the system's classist. Well, sure. listen, that's a conversation we can get into, like you but said, for future podcasts, dependent on America, a different country, somewhere yeah. else, even Chicago to other cities and states. I have aunts that live on, in the most rural part of Pennsylvania, and to go get anything, it's going to take them an hour because it's going to take at a minimum 30 minutes to get there, another 30 minutes to get back. Chicago, we have the luxury of if you live wherever you live, pretty much you can get a sandwich from anywhere in this city and the suburbs at the same time, just because of how built up it is. But you, to me, I don't feel like you can call it classes because we have the opportunity to live where we live. I mean, if we're going to talk about this, we got to talk about whole other countries, whole other states, yeah, counties, and cities. Yes. And we're way. Um, so totally fair. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't... No, I, I know you weren't calling me classist. Um, one of the things that I that I kind of looked at, and, and especially once we started to open up again, um, when the pandemic hit and we were called essential workers, um, there was some sense of irony in there because we're not. But then I see us starting to open up again and how a large portion of our country... Um, especially in dense urban populations that actually listen to our medical professionals and we're cautious to our own detriment, which Chicago was. Uh, we were safe. We were abundantly safe. And I respect the hell out of everybody in this town for doing that. But what we also realized is that when we started to open up again is that we are essential workers. 
because there was a lot, there's a lot of people right now. And when we started to open up that clearly need to be re-socialized that like, you cannot just walk into a place and do this to people. And this isn't a comment on customers because I don't want to do that. But to Robin's point, like we are providing a luxury, even if it's just snap and open a high life and slinging a shot of whatever at you, like that's a luxury. And to interact with people, I'm a firm believer that bars and restaurants in your neighborhood, get out in your neighborhood, get get to know your city. Like I know mine, as Strummer said, that you be out there and hang out with people, see what's going on in the neighborhood. We missed out on a lot of that. I, for one, hope to never make a bowl of RDA online again because that was a very dark time for me. But that's what we had to do to survive. Like our industry is so creative and so resilient and we don't get praised for that because that's what we're expected to do all the time. And it was, it, it, we're just coming out of that, you know? So can we talk about the consequences? <laughs> so yeah, we so let's, let's come, let's come back to where sort of, and you, you were playing, but you're playing to it, I think a little bit as well, where you're, what you're noting is that um, the way that people return to our restaurants and bars and whatever service after COVID or even during, was somewhat unreasonable and was kind of awful in a lot of ways. We don't need to go too much into that. I'm sure we all have, we can, you know, we can all tell the stories. But it's, again, in violation of a contract of hospitality, an idea that we deserve respect. So we kind of come back around to where we know tipping's a problem. We've created this toxic workspace for ourselves. We, glor we even glorify this toxic workspace with, dare I say, shows like The Bear. I have lots of opinions, but I'll keep most of them to myself. <laughs> um, even like Anthony Bourdain is one of my heroes, but he glorified the toxic workplace that is the kitchen. You know. And, uh, so having said all those things, we work in this industry that we all love, that is very difficult to work in, that is emotionally unstable, that is dependent upon the kindness of strangers, as Scarlett O'Hare would say. Um, how do we... I don't... I Personally, I don't believe that we are capable of changing our customer base to treat us better without changing internally within what we do for a living. I love that. Best, like, super ownership. And so, I love that. So that being said, I know we've all spent, you and I have spent hours talking about this. You and I have thought about this a lot. Um, what can we do as an industry, in whatever facet we're in, to change the perception from within so that we get the respect we deserve. We change it from the inside. We don't let it change us. I want to yes. get there, but I, I just really want to touch on, for just a second, the toll and the consequences that it has taken. Well, then let's, let's deep dive for a second. The consequences are you work in an industry that is survival of the fittest. You work in an industry that has higher rates of suicide, addiction, other mental health issues, uh, divorce. You work in an industry that affects your outside relationships. And Children. the way you communicate with the world, uh, I mean, the, the, I'm sorry, then maybe we didn't, the consequences are giant for the toxic industry, the, for not just individuals, but you work in an industry that encourages turnover. Mm -hmm. But um, is that our perspective, not to cut you off, I'm so sorry, but is that our perspective coming up from when we did come, as opposed to the people that are coming up now 
and our labor shortage because people that might it's be not coming. a labor shortage. It's a choice to not do this. Work. Well, sure, but th- that's exactly what what I'm that's saying a, is like no, we don't want to deal with this. We don't, and and that's not a dig on the labor shortage and the people that don't want to do this. But like, how do we solve that? But I, I do. That's that's and that's kind of where I do think that the lack of people willing to work in restaurants at this point sure. is because there's more information. Why would I do this myself if I can do something else? Mm-hmm. Um, why would I do this if I can find a more stable job? <laughs> That's what I feel like my job you know, is turning into. And you, your job is a vital, vital service. I have, absolutely. I mean, I have people who are absolutely positively scared to go into anywhere, and I say, mm-hmm. well, if you train enough, you know, it's not a problem. You can do this, you can do that. They like, nope. <laughs> Fire, see me. I'm going the other way. And we've created a culture where it's like, hey, come get this gig and, you know, then we'll train you up. And it's not that's not the case. So I wasn't trying to cut you off. Um, Please, please. Yeah. Sadly, the bartender local 134 isn't as strong as it used to be. (laughs) Uh, Our pension program is really weak, uh, but we're working on it. So yeah, And that's what kind of it should be. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This job are things like mistreatment verbal abuse so toxic, toxic work environments unsociable hours we work holidays and weekends i just i just we, read, but, I but just this read isn't but this isn't to, a thing this isn't a thing that's forced upon us going no, 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 into no, no, the industry I'm not saying it's, it's, it's understood of course that this is what's going to happen but, but, but it doesn't make it any less of the stressors is what i'm saying i, I think that well, we're, that's that's the burden of the person that chooses that position. That is not the burden of the industry. I think that's that you guys are. Fair. I think you guys are talking about two different things. Yeah, that's why I, I like because that too. you're you're talking about stressors that are inherent in the industry. You can't change the hours if you work nights. If you go, if you're going to you be a bartender, change the hours. No way. Like there, 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 added stressors particular to our industry. When you walk, there are the consequences door, you know of the environment. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys are. I think you're kind of doing apples and oranges at the moment. Yes, thank you. Fair um, point. Thank you. I'm not. Saying that the stressors to industry don't add to the stress of the job. That's a service professional. You, you're the manager. Well, we get yeah. this. Take it everywhere. Take I go. it, Robin. You're the manager. <laughs> the manager um, of my bar that. was the door frame on the way out. <laughs> right. Cheers to that. But if we come back to the fact that the consequences of the culture created in our industry, sorry, are the decline in mental health, all those things. I mean, right sure. up to suicide. That's the worst consequence of our industry. Yes. Financial sure. instability, decline in relationships, divorce, yes. blah, blah. Yes. So sure. you have all these stressors. You have all these consequences. You have the outside perception of our industry. How do we change our industry from within? What can we institute? What can we do as individuals or how can or as businesses to, to make a more positive place for well, people to work? And one, one, one more quick thing. Okay. I really love what I do. I've chosen to do it for almost... 30 years I wouldn't change a minute of what I've done and my question is what you, you left hold on no not yet <laughs> and we'll get there but so alright so what do we do We're, we all have different experiences we all came up differently we've all done different things what can we think of but we're all sitting at the same table and we are because we're and, all and f- smart fucking people conversation. so how, the what, thing is you want to make it better you, yeah. you, the, the, the number one thing we say in my job is you always want to lead a job better for the next guy yeah. and you guys clearly want to leave the job better for the next guy. Sure. So I think that's your question. Is what yeah. do so we what do we got? Really? Um, so we've got a couple of, uh, so an outlet 
Uh, Seth always says you can't find a solution unless you start the conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are podcasts. If you're listening to this podcast, turns out you're probably a podcast listener. Terms of service. Mm -hmm. They're talking about it. Mm -hmm. We're talking about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So shout out to Terms of Service. We've got organizations like Healthy Healthy Poor and Serving Those Serving. Uh, Oh, I like that. Never heard that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Organizations that are helping as a nonprofit to guide us into a way to talk about mental health, to talk about it, just to even start the conversation. But then USBG as well, not just talking about it, but then what do you do after? We don't have health insurance. Well, that's the biggest thing. We need therapists. If you ever have a issue a problem anything my i have a hierarchy of how you break down problem solving i have an eight step process and one of those steps in that process is finding a solution and all too often people complain with no solution mm-hmm. so which is robin's whole thing of why she wanted yep. to bring us here today yep was to make sure that we talked about the solution and not just the problem so let's 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 dive into that let's talk about some solutions now you said we don't have Mental health. I mean, we have mental health, but we don't have outlets to talk to people. We, 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 there, we I have an answer for that. We are convinced that we should talk to them. What's your answer for that? Um, Two-part answer. One part is what you guys do and kind of make mandatory amongst yourselves is that you have a shift meeting. Like, hey, we hanging out, we kicking it. We gonna talk to each other. One of the biggest things you can do, the one of the number one things for a leader is curiosity. I gave I gave y'all one of my secrets of a course that I'm building. But Robin, I see you as a super leader. And what yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you brought this to us, and so I see you as a leader, and you're like a super service professional, and you've been in it longer than anybody else has. Mm-hmm. And Curiosity is the number one thing. Just ask questions. And you're not asking questions to be intrusive into someone's life, but you're asking questions to kind of see where you can find out something that may help that person. And then you can guide them in the right direction. That's my little bit. It's be number different one. be different but have each other's back. Yeah. Um well, and access, I think, too, is a huge thing. I mean, most most people in the service industry don't have – health insurance is a rarity still. Yes. I'm fortunate enough that my employer offers it to everyone at least, but even if it's offered, you can't necessarily afford it. Mine doesn't. Let me, let me shout um, out. Taking, one, it, taking it upon one, each other to teach each other how to get health care as well. Um, one I, don't, national, I didn't know how to do that, and learning how to do that was mm-hmm. very important. One mini national thing, we've just – Come into a new era in the United States of America. We have nine eight eight now. Nine eight eight is the new mental number. health line, right? It's a mental health line. Nine one one. You always remember that nine eight eight. You can call that number if you're having a mental health or a mental crisis. You can call that number. I haven't called it yet. I don't know what they say to you on there, so I can't speak from experience. But that is an option for now. Well, and there, and there are places, there are organizations like uh, Hope for a Day is specific is mental health broadly, 
but they've done a lot of right, uh, outreach in the service industry for low-cost health care, for, uh, for low-cost mental health care. Um, it's using, I think, we talked about eliminating tipping to promote a non-competitive environment. Mm -hmm. It can be, it can happen, but restaurants have to value their product in the first place to make the money to eliminate tipping. And that's a different, a longer discussion, I think. Um, but it's episode even, three. Episode three. But just giving, <laughs> but just even at like running a restaurant and giving your employees agency to say no is huge. Like the ability is to look at a customer and say, you're being an asshole. And I have a, I'm sorry, one baby question. Um, you said say no. We say no where you guys say no all the time when there's no bookings. I was just talking about open table on the last podcast. How I got into a place on open table. You can tell me no. I didn't call and said, "Hey, I really, really need to get in there. Can I get in there? Can I get into this place?" Ah, no, we ain't got no availability. Why can't they? They can say no to my money. I could be coming through the door. I could be. Um, Jeff Bezos and like I'm gonna flush every oh, I'd love to tell Jeff dollar. Bezos now. Would we all stop? <laughs> I'm gonna flush every <laughs> dollar into this Stop place hard. now, and they could tell me no. I've 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 even tried it. I haven't lied and said I've just Bezos, but I'm like, hey, I got a bunch of guys, a bunch of money coming through. Yeah, no, sorry, we can't do it for you. Maybe I didn't say the right secret word. Maybe they're, is, maybe they're just booked. Exactly, they're booked. They can't do anything. They're right. telling me and no. You, I'm well, with that. I'm with that no. So why can't? They still say that no when it comes to other things. We can. We can say no, and we can fail. Um, give give younger people in our industry a chance to fail. Give okay. somebody, somebody with an idea, somebody with a new way to go to market, give them a chance to fail. Like, that is such a huge part of my upbringing. And having my boss take me aside and have an honest and frank conversation and have those and engage in those challenging conversations about failure and extract something out of that. That's how you get loyalty. That's how you get encouragement. That's how you get culture. That's how you get an institution of what you're trying to do is not encourage people to fail because nobody wants to do that. But hey, that's a new idea. No, I think All you right. do want to encourage them no, to fail. I think you, to no, you don't want to encourage people to you, fail, you but wanna, you, want, you want them to be okay to fail. You want to encourage them to people, figure out a way. You want to encourage people to think yeah. for themselves, Creat which is yes. a cliche, for yes. sure. Creativity. Yeah, yes. You want to encourage creativity, but you also want to encourage people. You want to, and I mean, I know empower is a cliche, but you want to empower people to, when you're not being treated right in your situation, to have to know that somebody behind you will say, you can't talk to Brody like that. Yes. Fuck yes. you. Get out of my restaurant. Yes. yes. Like that. Then that needs to flip. I don't flip. care what you're spending. Like I'm I don't sorry. Care what you're I don't doing. care what you think of Eric. Yeah. I like him. Fuck you. His yeah. Sazerac was fine. Reference why you should listen exactly. to episode one. Episode oh. one. Go back to episode one to talk to hear uh, while we talk excellent about the Sazerac. <laughs> but both hired. You're both but, hired. But doing that thing, doing that thing, like we've become the the we we have been the industry of innovation innovation to survive. And hopefully in the next couple of years, and it's going to take a couple of years. This is not an over the summer thing. This We're is, over that. But this it's is what I don't like, want y'all to do. They, they've they given you a badge of honor, but you guys are so pigheaded isn't the word. Prideful yes. might be yes. the word. Very but but y'all don't, don't want it. No. They called you essential workers and y'all like, nah, we no, ain't. But, we luxury. But also, because... But, 
we're not essential workers. We're not saving yeah. lives. But we'll do yeah. it. Yes, you are. But, but we'll do it. But what do we need to survive as human beings? Okay, so this might be no, no, no. internal. No, okay, I'll, ask, I'll, okay, I'll play this game. Okay, go ahead. What do we need to survive as human beings? Booze. No, not booze. Uh, we need uh, something to eat. Uh, Y'all just happen to have booze there. We need something to eat. We need to go to the bathroom. We need water. Electricity uh, is cool. And Internet and is old, extra cool. An old school Irish dude of mine would refer to it as a uh, comfortable shoes, uh, a warm place to shit, and a tight box, and somebody and somebody to talk to. They, they, there <laughs> like, you go. But, <laughs> but the thing is, is, we've been so indoctrinated, like in, indoctrinated, like it's so ingrained in our souls that we can't feel that we're important because we're managing expectations and feeling that the person that we are serving is the most important person in the room. We have a saying in my place of business, 150 years of tradition impeded by progress. (laughs) (laughs) And I say all the time. Yeah, cheers to that. Here's a a shift drink, fucking shots of that. And I say all of the time, if that was the case, Women wouldn't be reading. Black people wouldn't be voting. And y'all want to stay there? No, you don't. don't. No, I don't know. You know, maybe but if you I could read it, we have so to start the conversation. Yeah. So, so this is so this is to starting starting the conversation. I'm a middle aged white guy. I'm gonna shut the fuck up for the rest of this episode. This no, you're is not. your table now. No, you're not. Because need you too. No, <laughs> I don't want to exclude you. No, no, no. It's we need to all be here. And I'm at the end of the day, my role in the industry is I'm a soldier. I get out there. I do what needs to be done to succeed. That's what we do. I won't speak for anybody else. And that's what if that's what other people do too. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we. That's what we do is a problem. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Thank you for pointing that out. That's That's what what we do. What do you do? I work with a torn ACL. What do you do? I really needed a day off today, but nobody else was could cover brunch. That's what I'm saying. So I went to work at nine o'clock. But and I mean that to make it very current. But you that's what we do. You guys also want, problematic. <laughs> everybody wants to help people, right? Especially you guys here. We want to accept help. ourselves. We want to help these people with these drinks. We gonna help these people. I'm gonna make the best Sazerac. I know it's a nine. It's a nine, maybe an eight and a half. And she just sucked because her taste buds can't taste it. That's I, fine. I never, I never associated gender, but okay. <laughs> I did. You would. <laughs> I would. <laughs> you would. Because you, you know me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm yeah, sorry. I apologize. Right. Got it. Point no, is. I mean, your wife drinks lemon drops. Exactly. So do I. Exactly. The point is. The point is. You guys go so hard for yourselves. And you go so hard for the people that you know. What about these people that are going to come up after you? Are you going to? That's our responsibility. This is this is the whole way. This is why Robin was here. This is why Robin is here. This is the whole idea. I don't want my business to continue like this. I don't. I do think there is something we said for proving yourself through ranks, like any business, for being for proving that you're good at your job and earning a place. But I don't think it has to be at the cost of all the things we're talking about. I don't think it has to be at the cost of mental health. I don't think it has to be a cost of not taking care of yourself because you are, because you're not, you're so dug into, I, I mean, I've had line cooks use their one phone call in jail to call me instead of their moms telling me they weren't coming to work. Same. You know, like, 
I, I mean, I've shown up and worked in spaces and places that I had no business like going to do. I don't want it to, I don't want our business to remain the same. And I don't think our business stays sustainable if it remains the same for the kids who, for the 22 year old who just got out of culinary school or the 16 year old who's just working in their first pizza place who just figured out that they want to do this for a living or, you know, the 21 year old barback who's real happy to be there because they finally got to work in a bar. Um, well, see, that's, that's part of the, th- the conversation too, is the, um, from my point of view, which is relatively formally uneducated completely in that at a certain point I knew where I was coming up was important uh, being like okay if I just if I just do this for a few years and, and figure it out an opportunity will present itself and it's it and it got to a point where we had a couple heavy hitters leave and we've all been there where a couple heavy swingers at where we're coming up leave so we all gotta bootstrap it and, and, and cover each other and do the thing I know you're cringing, Ambrose. I see you. I'm I'm going to narrate this conversation too. Um, I'm trying not to derail. But, but doing that, I didn't do that for anything other than the fact that this is building my reputation as well of somebody who's always going to show up, always going to be on time. And if I'm not 15 minutes early, I'm fucking late and doing that thing. Yeah. Do you know what time? Never mind. It's not I a know, competition. And that's me. It's I'm not, not a, the Olympics. Hold on, but hold on, but this so this hold on, this is but you're but what you're saying is But that's how is, but that's my mentality. I'm not asking everybody to have that and that's the difference. But that's what you're gonna teach somebody. And that's it's well problematic. No, that's kind of Hold on, because I think you're like I think it's both though. I think I'm they're a, I'm a fifteen minutes early is not problematic. We'd all agree on that. Working really hard, not problematic. I do think our industry crosses a line into working really hard and working to your own detriment. Yes. Sure. And that that's that's all I'm trying to get to. 15 minutes early to work, always. Uh, stay late if something needs to be done, do it. Work hard so you that you can prove yourself and move up in a place, yes. But I believe that our industry demands something beyond that that is detrimental. Sure, and that's that's a differentiation is and this is how the whole conversation yeah. started is that that intangible thing that guides you that brings that thirst to the table because there's no logical reason to do what we do for as hard as we do. But at the same point, when you go with your gut, like I go, I go with my gut. If it it feels right, I'm going to do it for a while and see what happens. And it ended up being really good for me because that's my instinct. Now, and my, and my boss took care of me because we had those challenging conversations along the way. What what you got out of that? I'm gonna tell you what you got out of that. What you earned out of that? You earned being a very decent human being. You earned being a good person. You earned the right to raise and tell somebody else kind of what I did to get to where I'm gonna be. But I don't I expect that out of anybody else. That's fine. You don't have to expect that out of any, anybody else, and it doesn't make it toxic or anything bad or anything else. Point is, you have a work ethic. Sure. A lot of people don't have a work ethic. You don't expect anybody to have a work ethic. And that's all well and all beautiful and all fine. But what I asked at the beginning of this question, what are you guys going to do to leave this industry? You you all dead and gone. You know what? Let me, let me back up a little bit. The book, 
that I wrote. Where right he didn't gone. So you got to back up. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm gonna back up. Y- y'all back a laugh. <laughs> I wrote that book right there, um, for the simple fact that everybody always says nobody ever told me. Nobody told me. Oh man, nobody ever told me this. Nobody never said this to me. That's what I tried to put. I didn't succeed because it's still more that I come up with in my mind every day. But I figured it's, it, it needs to start somewhere. But I wrote that book because I wanted it to be in writing anything that anybody can say nobody ever told me. Yeah. I got the thing. If I'm, I'm looking at an alien coming into my industry, the one thing that I would say to them. Yep. Got it. I'm with it. Let me hear it. Always get paid. Always get paid? Hell yeah. Yeah, Well, clock in. Always get paid. If somebody comes in and I'm telling them something about what's happened in the day, communicating, anything, I don't care. Whatever you're doing, clock in. Are you getting paid? Always get paid. Do not let this industry force you into a very easy place of just doing the work because we're good people. But Always get paid. But you're already so good people. But you're working on broke ACLs. Of money. But that's this manufacturing consent. Based that's off a of thing. Money. But you're working on broken ACLs that you didn't even know was a broken ACL because you're scared to go to the hospital. Good point. So what I'm saying is. Good point. To you guys, again, this is another this is another freebie. I'm gonna throw it up in the air. I toss it up. Maybe somebody will catch it. I wrote that book because there are unwritten rules. Maybe there there's a million unwritten rules. Maybe yeah. they should be written. It's okay to ask for help. As soon as they're written, they're yeah. as soon as they're written, they're lost. It's okay to ask for help. You know what help. I mean? It's trying to well, it's trying to capture It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say you're wrong. That's for sure. It's, it's okay, okay in our business it. to say you can't do it. It's okay to say I this made me uncomfortable. This customer made me feel bad. This guy grabbed my ass. I can't lift that keg. That's that's different. I mean that's completely I can't. I can't lift that keg by myself. Because I can't. I, can't. I like this customer oh, grab my ass. No, but I mean, I can't. No, no, no. That's that's something different. Yeah, that's a different. No, that's part of our industry. But yeah. I, can, I. But let's go to. I can't work this shift because I haven't seen my wife in two weeks. Yeah. That, that's like happened. That, oh, yes. All of these things are valid. That's happened. All of the the ability the and I'll use the word agency again. The ability to ask for things that give you a healthy life alongside of what you love to do for a living should not be extraordinary and rare in what we do. Because at the end of the day, you shouldn't be working to live. You should be living to work. I mean, you should be living your life to work, to do something for somebody else. But you shouldn't be working just The expectation and the standard in our business. I saw you on your two of your days off last week. I have one. Oh. Yeah. I was there with you. The expectation should not be that we're going to live and die to do something that we love to do. No. And yet somehow this whole thing has been created. And you say it, that you love to do. That I love to do. And I wouldn't trade it for a minute. I wouldn't trade a minute of what I've done for a living. Yep. Nope. But, value. But it needs to be valued. And I guess that's sort of like very full circle to the very beginning. The value in what we, the, we are not valued gross generalization by the general public for what we do. Okay. Agreed. So and we're here. Totally. We all agree on that. We're not necessarily 
valued financially for what we do because there's so many You're other not. factors in play. Totally. Well, it's, it's, it's with your employer too. Like if I can't make it today, you can't choose if, your I, employer. if I need a couple days you off because that's, 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 where I need, that's where I need to be. You can't choose your employer. So what do we do? This, and this is what, this is kind of where we keep going this. back to one. I think eliminate tipping access to healthcare. Give your employees agency to say that. Give your employees agency to say no. Give your employees agency to tell you when something is wrong. Yeah. Huge. Create an emotionally healthy workplace. Hey, Roy, I'm sorry. You really don't feel well today? We'll, we'll figure it out. Like, you deserve a day off. I, and this is quick. I know that, like, personal stories. I was working a brunch shift today that I covered for somebody. And as I was putting bottomless mimosas down in front of three people from Lincoln Park, I was listening to their discussion about how they were probably just going to call in sick tomorrow. So for the, a best moment, par- the best I, part about the bear well, well, is well, fuck brunch. For a moment, <laughs> yes. Uh, for a moment, I wanted to punch them all in the face because I don't have the luxury of calling in sick tomorrow. She's not even on my radar. I don't call in sick. Why would I call in sick? Like, but that, but create that for people. If you don't feel well, don't fucking come to work. Like, if you need time with your kids, don't come to work. If you need time with your family, don't come to work. There's if no, you there's need to no, read a book. And there's no glory. Don't come to work. There's no glorification and I work 14 days. Well, I work 16. I mean, there's no, that shouldn't be a thing. And that's I, the I, last, last piece. And I, and I will shut up for a second. I swear. Glorifying the culture that we work in from within and without makes it 10 times worse. Well, that's yes. why I told yes. you there yep. is no pain Olympics here. Yes. That's my number one thing. You say, oh, I did this. It was bad. Well, I did this. It was worse. No. F that. That was a thing. There's no but pain yeah. Olympics yeah. here. Well put. Very well put. And, Jesus. and that's, yeah. what, that's what, that's what, that's what, y'all probably missed that on the first part of the podcast, but I did say <laughs> that. We're, we're not having a paid Olympics here that I had it worse off than you or anybody else. We've all had it bad. And who cares to compare? No, but there's a trench warfare thing too. Like, but when it's you, no, when that's you the brigade system. That's when, a problem. It, that's the next episode. It's, but it's also one of the only badges you can earn when you have no respect. You can. Where's the badge? Well said. It's it's well a said. it's an intangible badge that you can earn because you feel like well, Eric Torres ACL. It's a man badge. Eric Torres ACL. for the back. Eric Eric Torres ACL. But I broke my ankle and I came to work. Exactly. So I That's must I I'm must saying. be doing We're a good job. I, I must be Olympics. doing a good job like that. And that, but I yeah. agree with no, you. But it's wrong. A, but it's the, not, the whole point is like in the moment of when you're trying to prove yourself, you're not thinking that you're trying to prove yourself. You're just doing it. That's the problem. And that, and deconstructing that and getting yeah. me like, this isn't okay. Agreed. Um, and being like, I need a day off to where I'm not going to be replaced. By- I just, I just, I need Robin to repeat that last statement. Doesn't have to be in the same way. We've been here for a long time, but I need you to repeat that. We don't have to prove it to each other but that's but we, yeah. you don't have to prove it to anybody but that's but that's but, but, but no I, need, I need i need to hear I'm, Robin but I'm, I'm, I'm forming sorry. i'm forming it as one of the one of the one of the consequences of the toxic environment is that you end up having to prove to each other that you can work harder or do something or again not to your detriment because it's one of the only ways to earn respect you're not going to make more money Nobody's going to give no. you a pat on the back. No. Nobody's going to say good job. But you know what? I worked six days in a row, and you only worked four. Or I mean, or you know, I mean, th- you know, me and one of my buddies say, um, in the, in my job, they never going to put our coats up in the rafters. So like with you guys, they're yeah. never going to say, "Hey, <laughs> let me take this smock." 
Yes. <laughs> Write your name on it. Put it up in the record. Oh, shit. Yeah. Robin. Right? We put our Robin, she number 23. Right. In the up, up in the rafters. No. She yeah. came to work. 3,982 <laughs> right. days without a and, call off. And nobody, and nobody gave a fucking shit at the exactly. end of the day. <laughs> and they don't even notice. And they don't care. Nobody does. But it's but it's what we it's part of part of it is work ethic. And it, this is a real weird fine Maybe line. Maybe that's the fix. Part Maybe of it's work ethic. But part of it is also of like this is the only way that we can right. feel that's a d- different discussion for another time. Well, it, well, it's it's work ethic. Right. It's work ethic. Like okay, blah blah blah, and work ethic and all that. But that at the same point too, like with not to you know make a plug with Woodenville, but um when I got hired, so? talk about when, work ethic. When make I got plug. when I got so? hired, um I was so used to being micromanaged. Uh, from other experiences and so used to being just under a microscope and they're like, no, we hired you for a reason. Just be good at it. I'm like, well, all right, shit. You I didn't know what to, I, that company. It's brilliant. I, I didn't know what to do with that because it was almost, it was a Stockholm syndrome of other experiences that I became more identifiable with my captors than I did with my own skills. And breaking free from that was incredibly challenging. And it was because my team believed in me and they hired me for a reason. And getting out there and this is like, okay, cool. Like, this is the literally the happiest I've ever been. Shut up. Yeah. What's up? Um, yeah. Because my team is awesome. And, but it's been built on that. Like, okay, where's my next plateau of happiness? It's not, it's not a linear thing. Because I've been very happy before, but it plateaued to be like, all right, is this all? Is this all that it is? Shout all right, where's like where's shout this? Shout well, no, that. it's it's a shout out to to everybody's journey. It's a shout it's out a to shout like, out to all right, yep. I met yeah. this challenge, um, so and now I can do this challenge. So what's the next one? If there is a next one, or are you just gonna ride out the clock, which is totally nah, cool? I feel, I feel like you're just gonna keep on amping up. That's what's up, Robin. I want to thank you personally for bringing this conversation to the table. No, it's and and let's we have a problem, right? What's the problem? I mean, the service industry. We yes. need that. Yeah. So, what's the solution? Oh, we. Let's it. wrap it up in a bow. That's all. Okay. I'm all right. The we, bow. We have a, we have a, we have a we have a. I'm going to steal your uh, phrase, Severin. Toxic, a toxic environment in hospitality. It. It's yours. Um, well, thank you for the gift. Um, we have a environment created around our jobs that is unhealthy. Um, the way to fix it is from within. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that we can change a customer base or the way that guests behave to us, and we've talked about that enough. But I do think that by changing the structure the way that you're paid, a.k.a. eliminating tipping, promoting a healthy work environment, giving employees agency to actually think and speak for themselves. And if we stop glorifying the culture from within the culture and without the culture, we might have a shot at building a more productive business in general honestly, with happier people. That's I, all I got. Honestly, I don't feel like we can improve upon that. You wrapped it up in a bowl. I want it for Christmas. But I you want, got it. I want Christmas <laughs> in July. That's the last day. That's it. I Excellent. That's your Christmas in July. In July. <laughs> I want it now. That was Robin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, right. thank you so much. For thank you guys today. for letting me rant about one of my favorite topics. Absolutely. This, is, this has yeah. been massively productive. Eric, thanks for hanging out with us. Eric, thanks, Robin. For, thanks for sitting, going through both. <laughs> <laughs>
It's my pleasure. Yeah, we're gonna. Oh, okay. So, with all that being said, we're gonna get out of here one more time. And glad you listened to episode two. If you didn't listen to episode one, go back, check that out. And if you're at this point in the podcast and you listen this far, well, guess you're just a super fan. Yes. <laughs> and we love you. And I love we, the DMs. I have only gotten really good DMs. No one's been creepy in the DMs. Everybody's just giving me love. Giving us love. I've gotten zero. So, oh. so f- feelings are kind of hurt here. Yeah. Tear. I'll give you the login. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> with all that being said, um, just please check out the podcast. Please write us, send us messages, anything at all, what you like, what you hate, what you want to hear more Let of. Let us know if you want a part three with this group, this panel. Yeah. Let us know if you like the panels. Yeah, we'll come back. More. We're here for everybody in the service industry. Mm-hmm. We're here to tell the service industry that they have a voice, but we're also here for the folks that aren't in the service industry to have a listen to what we're doing too. Let's bridge this gap. Let us know. Absolutely. So with all that being said, we won't give you all the shout outs because at this point you should know all the shout outs and I'll probably add it at the end anyway. So let's say goodbye to our guests. Robin, thank you. Thank you, Robin. Thanks for letting me be on and talk. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah. And with that being said, we will talk to you guys next time. Bye.